48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. The observatory is set to issue number eight storm signal for the first time this year. More than 40 people accused of rioting in Shangwan on Sunday appear in court. And fireworks are shot from a moving car into a crowd gathering to protest outside Tinsuiwai police station. The observatory says it's likely to issue the number eight typhoon signal within the next hour as tropical storm Wipa approaches the SAR. The storm began to take a more northerly track than anticipated this morning and is now expected to pass about 300 kilometers to the southwest of Hong Kong. Local winds are forecast to strengthen in the afternoon. Sorry. And the rain bands associated with Wipa will bring heavy showers and squalls to the territory. People living in remote areas are being advised to head home. Here's senior scientific officer Li Binghua. According to the presence forecast track, Wipa will edge gradually closer to the coast of western Guangdong and will be closest to Hong Kong later today, skirting around 300 kilometers to the southwest of Hong Kong. The local winds are expected to strengthen this afternoon. The observatory will issue the gale or storm signal number 8 before 2 p.m. today. The rain bands associated with Whipper will bring heavy showers and squalls to the territory. Seas will also be rough with swells. Looking further ahead, there will still be heavy squally showers and thunderstorms with high winds and rough seas in the next couple of days. Details have emerged of the 28 men and 16 women charged with rioting over Sunday's clashes with police in Western District as they appeared before Eastern Court this morning. Most of them are students in their 20s. The youngest is a 16-year-old girl, the oldest a 41-year-old man. An airline pilot is also among the defendants. A 45th defendant, a 24-year-old man, appeared charged with possession of an offensive weapon. One of the defendants failed to appear and a warrant has been issued for her arrest. The others were released on conditional bail and had their cases adjourned until September the 25th. Hundreds of people dressed in black gathered outside Eastern Court to show support for the defendants. This retired man in his 60s said he wanted to show his backing because he felt the protesters were being treated more harshly than people accused of involvement in a mob attack at Yunlong MTR station earlier this month. It's a big contrast between the things happens in Yunlong, the MTR station, and Shangwan. Uh, Only 12 mobs were prosecuted by illegal assembly. But here, our youngsters, they just come out to look for a better Hong Kong. And now they are accused of riot. I don't think it is reasonable. This man, a sound and designer, said he wanted to show his support despite the fact a tropical storm was closing in. We just came here to show our support. If any of the protesters can come out at this moment, they can, they can see us and they can feel all the, all the Hong Kong people are supporting them and we are with them. The head of the Education University, Stephen Zhang, said the government needs to take the lead in reconciling with anti-extradition protesters. He says he wanted to speak out after seeing a new round of violence outside Kwai Chung police station last night. Earlier, he wrote to the chief executive, Carrie Lam, with this suggestion. What I have in mind is an establishment of an open platform for stakeholders from different sectors to air their views. And I hope they will be able to narrow or to shorten their gaps and differences one by one, step by step. I know there's no quick fix, 
The road to reconciliation will be long and bumpy, but I remain hopeful and optimistic. But a deputy director of the Basic Law Committee, Maria Tam, says she believes the anti-extradition movement is fading despite continuing protests. She also expressed hope that the situation will improve further when students return to their studies after summer break. Well, I think the flame is dying down if you compare what's happening now between uh, what happened uh, in the early part of June, the scale and the extent of violence, the persons involved, the damage involved by comparison is far less, especially if you compare to the 1st July when they went in, attacked Lechko and uh, really destroyed a lot of the uh, facilities and taken away a lot of the computer records and things like that. Fireworks shot from a moving car left protesters who had surrounded a police station in the northern New Territories with injuries including blisters and tinnitus early this morning. At least six people were injured, of whom five were taken to hospital in the confrontation outside Tinsawai Police Station. The police bomb disposal squad was called to the scene. Robert Kemp has more. Scores of angry people gathered outside the police station in the Northern New Territories after two young activists were taken there. The pair, who'd been guarding a Lennon wall in the new town, were reportedly detained after a confrontation with a local man. But as the crowd protested for their release, a car drove past and lobbed fireworks into their midst. It then sped off up Tinyu Road, apparently causing a KMB car to swerve out of its way and crash into railings. The Legislative Council President, Andrew Leung, says he's optimistic that the LegCo complex will be ready to host meetings when the new legislative year starts in October. The building was badly damaged when it was stormed by anti-extradition protesters on July the 1st. Mr. Leung said the repairs could cost 40 to $50 million to be shared between the government and LegCo. He said the council would hire experts to advise on improving security. The short term is to get the complex ready for October, if possible, uh, for the resumption of LegCo meeting. Now, obviously, we are in the process of engaging a security expert to give us some advice. Meanwhile, I think to uh, repair part of the uh, facilities, we will look ahead to see whether we can strengthen the security measures with that. South Korea says that North Korea has launched two ballistic missiles from the Hodo Peninsula on its eastern coast. The South Korean military said the missiles flew about 250 kilometers before landing in the sea. From Seoul, here's the BBC's Laura Bicker. South Korea's defense minister said the missiles appear to be a different type from previous models. They flew 250 kilometers northeast before landing in the Sea of Japan. North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles last Wednesday and described the tests as a solemn warning to Seoul as it plans to conduct joint military exercises with the U.S. next month. However, Washington has brushed off the recent launches. President Trump said many countries test short-range missiles and has reportedly sent Kim Jong in photographs from their recent meeting at the demilitarized zone between the two Koreas in June as a memento. A White House official also said he hoped talks between the US and North Korea would restart soon. The governor of California has signed a law to prevent President Trump taking part in the state's Republican presidential primary next March unless he discloses his tax return. Here's Peter Bowes. The governor is Gavin Newsom. He's a Democrat. He has signed this measure that requires presidential and candidates for the governorship in California, future candidates, to disclose their tax returns 
in order to be listed on the state's primary ballot. It's called the Presidential Tax Transparency and Accountability Act, and it demands that presidential candidates disclose five years of their federal tax returns to be included in the primary election. And, of course, President Trump has repeatedly refused to do just that, to reveal any of his tax returns. Two mothers in the U.S. city of Chicago have been killed in a drive-by shooting as they took part in a vigil to deter gun violence. Chantel Grant and Andrea Stoudemire were volunteers for a group calling itself Mothers Against Senseless Killings and had been camped out on a street corner. No arrests have been made. Tamar Manasseh is the founder of Mothers Against Senseless Kill Killings. We don't know who did it. We don't know why they, why they did it. We just know that they did it. And for mother to be killed in a place where mothers go to seek safety, because when you come for one of us, you better believe they came for all of us. The Portuguese government has taken custody of works of art worth hundreds of millions of U.S. dollars from a businessman who had offered them as collateral for his massive debts. The BBC's Alison Roberts reports from Lisbon. The 900 works by leading artists, including Pablo Picasso and Francis Bacon, were amassed by José Berardo, who struck gold in South Africa's mines before building a business empire in his native Portugal. In 2006, he reached a deal with the government to put most of the works on public display. The collection was valued at some $350 million. It's now thought to be worth at least twice that. But Mr. Berardo put up the collection as collateral for a billion dollars in bank loans that he's failed to pay back. Yet the banks weren't able to take possession of the art because ownership of it was transferred to a foundation under the deal with the government. Financial news. Chinese and U.S. negotiators are continuing the discussions in Shanghai today as they attempt to end their trade dispute. The negotiations began with informal talks and dinner last night. Vice Premier Liu He greeted U.S. representatives in public this morning before talks continued in private. Manufacturing activity on the mainland contracted for a third month in a row. This month, official figures released today show. The Purchasing Managers Index came in at 49.7 for the month, slightly up from last month's figure of 49.4. Any reading below 50 indicates contraction. The U.S. technology giant Apple has reported a drop in profits, with iPhone sales down by 12% in the second quarter compared to last year. But investors have welcomed news of big gains in wearable devices such as the Apple Watch. The BBC's Dave Lee reports. For the past seven years, the iPhone has accounted for more than half of the firm's revenue, but no more. As was predicted, sales have slowed as people have become less likely to upgrade their phones as often as before. But instead, Apple is growing rapidly in other areas. Sales of its wearable devices, like its watch and wireless earbuds, have rocketed to more than $5 billion in this last quarter. Its services division bought more than $11 billion and is likely to grow quickly this year, when Apple launches its subscription TV service and its own credit card. Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 108.55 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 11 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 51 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,823. That's 326 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $46 billion. Sports, here's Joanna Wong. 
Starting with athletics, the South African double Olympic champion Caster Semenya says she'll miss September's World Championships in Doha after a Swiss court ruling which in effect blocked her from racing. Semenya has naturally high levels of testosterone and has appealed against the decision by the governing body of athletics, the IAAF, not to let her compete in women's races unless she takes testosterone-reducing drugs. The BBC's Alex Kapstick reports. Caster Semenya has always insisted she will never comply with the controversial rule which says she must suppress her natural levels of testosterone. It's aimed at female athletes described as having differences of sexual development who compete in events from 400 metres to a mile. Last month she was given a reprieve when a judge temporarily suspended the regulation pending the result of her appeal to the Swiss courts. That has now been reversed following a request by the sports governing body, the IAAF. In a statement, Semenya said she was disappointed to be kept from defending her title, but she would continue her fight for the human rights of all female athletes concerned. Tennis teen star Coco Gaff has crashed out of the Washington Open after losing to Kazakhstan's Serena Diaz in straight sets in the first round. The 15-year-old American knocked out five-time champion Venus Williams in the opening round at this year's Wimbledon. And she continued her stunning form from Wimbledon by qualifying for the third WTA main draw of her career. But she was beaten 6-4, 6-2 against Rolt number 84 Diaz in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, top seed and former champions Lone Stevens suffered a shock 6-2-7-5 first round loss to sweet Rebecca Peterson. To cricket, India's test opener Prithvi Shah and two Indian domestic players have been suspended for doping violations. The Board of Control for Cricket in India said it was satisfied that Shah had inadvertently ingested a banned substance usually found in cough syrup. The suspension has been backdated to the date of the test because Shah admitted taking the banned substance. He can resume his career as a result on November the 15th. The BBC's Nick Kashragani says that Shah is a hugely popular character in India. Ever since 2013, really, when he scored a then world record of 546 in a Harris Shield match, which is a domestic competition in Mumbai, a schools competition. That was in 2013 uh, when he was around 13 years old, Pritby Shaw. He's been uh, hyped up ever since that point in time. Lots of comparisons to the legend that is Sachin Tendulkar, saying that uh, this is perhaps the second coming uh, of the great man, and uh, he certainly lived up to those expectations so far. Uh, he scored a century on debut for Mumbai in first-class cricket scored a century on debut in test cricket as well at the back end of last year in 2018. Football United States coach Jill Ellis is stepping down after leading the U.S. to back-to-back -back women's World Cup titles. Ellis has been coach of the national team since 2014 and has helped them to eight overall tournament titles, including victories at the World Cup in Canada in 2015 and earlier this month in France. She'll remain with the team for a World Cup victory tour until October and then she'll serve as U.S. soccer ambassador. Ellis's contract was set to expire following this year's World Cup. She said her decision was in line with the time frame that she envisaged. And that's it on Sport for Now. Joanna Wong reporting. Our, to end the news, our top stories. The observatory is set to issue the number eight storm signal for the first time this year. More than 40 people accused of rioting in Shengwan on Sunday appear in court. The news from RTHK. Now when I lean on you and
Girl, I got nothing left Hey, I've been wanna call ya Tell you that I'm sorry Same old story Everybody sings and I say I'm okay But I guess I'm a liar You say you're okay But I saw that you liked it Two a.m. and faded I know that's when you like it Know that's when you miss me Know that's when you cry